This week on the Habs Forum, the Montreal Canadiens are eliminated from the playoffs. I mean, at least it happened later than we expected it to. I mean, they got some playoff hockey in. So, I mean, we're going to talk about that. It was a valiant effort at the very least. We got the end-of-season pressers happening. Both Julien and uh, Bergevin have a lot of interesting things to say. Some comments from players. Some good, some maybe a little bit uh, worrisome, so obviously we're going to talk about that. A trade rumor that uh, made the waves on Twitter from an account that I don't know if is at all reliable, but still always interesting to talk about. Pretty sure it's their only tweet they have. Well, you know, we're still going to talk about it. Obviously, we're we're Montreal Canadiens fans, okay? Uh, uh, There was a a trade in the NHL, actually, even though the playoffs are on right now. Didn't involve the Canadians, but always interesting to compare with players we have uh, with, when it comes to value. We'll talk quickly about the UFA class for this year. I mean, we are getting into the offseason. We've got some Twitter questions. As always, ask us your twi- your questions at the House Forum on Twitter. But first, Dustin. We're still brought to you by Manscaped.com and their new Lawnmower 3.0, which we both used. It's yeah. great. Haven't nicked myself yet, so that's great. Keeping it a clean shave down there. (laughs) And, of course, all their other good products as well, like the ball deodorant and the ball wipes. The the, the ball wipes are my favorite, personally. It's It's a great thing to have. How did no one ever think of this before? Seriously, it's an amazing thing to have. They can always use a bit of a wipe. There you go. Especially in the summer. (laughs) It's getting a little cooler now. But, I mean, uh, you know, go to the bar. You want to be minty fresh. Minty French. Okay. So what's the promo code though? So the promo code is Habs Forum. So use uh, promo code Habs Forum when you uh, check out your purchase and get twenty percent off and free shipping. Very exciting. All right. Well, I, I know I'm excited. I know I am too. I'm I'm a little less excited by the results uh, of these games. I mean, they, they were good games. So like last time we spoke was coming off those two boring, boring, most boring playoff games in the history of playoff hockey that the Canadians lost both in shutouts. But the how. Then Game 5 happened, which was one of the craziest games. The most excited I've been watching Montreal Canadiens hockey in at least two years. Like, since we've started making doing this podcast. I oh, yeah. Think. A hell of a game. It was yeah, insane. I mean, I mean, they had everything. Stupid <laughs> refs, suspensions, and, and, like, just, like, crazy, like, stupid penalties. And, like, taking the lead, losing the lead, making a comeback, uh, disallowed goals. It was just insane. <laughs> it was. Like you said, I mean, it had... Basically, I mean, games three and four were, like you said, basically the two most boring games yeah. I've ever seen. Definitely playoff yeah. hockey. Yeah. Canadians yeah. playoff hockey, for sure. And basically, I mean, we got enough action for three games just in game five. Yeah, they, they compensated in game they, five, they basically. Yeah. They compensated. But hell of a game. I, I mean, mean yeah. get off to the quick start. They sco- uh, Brendan Gallagher uh, scored, I think, like a minute in? Not no, even a uh, minute in? Armia scored first. Yeah, Armia. On, on, on a shorthanded goal. Gall- Gallagher came in. Oh, yeah, guns blazing. I'm thinking of game two. That's true. Yeah. Gallagher came in guns blazing. Like, right away, you could see he was ready to play. He he kind of got a little bit of backlash after the previous game, which is... It's so weird to criticize Gallagher. I mean, I said it in the last podcast. Gallagher's obviously playing injured, but he's a warrior. And some people were like, oh, Gallagher himself said he wasn't injured. Oh, of course he said he wasn't <laughs> injured. They always say they're not injured. Throughout game five... The, the Sportsnet broadcast was showing the, the coaching staff working on Gallagher's leg. I mean, they're not just giving him a thigh massage for fun. I'm sure he has <laughs> wonderful thighs, but that's not what's happening there. Uh, but it, it, they actually came out, I mean, regardless of what happened later in the game to Gallagher, he also had an, a hip injury he sustained in the yeah. Pittsburgh series, right? So 
Absolute war. He came out guns blazing. Was ready to play, but Armia actually got the 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 shorthanded goal. Armia had a great series. He did. I mean, and and that's sort of been like the whole thing with Arm, and I I think especially in this game, um, you know, Armia. I feel like he all like he's always good, but like he always gets like sort of on these like short streaks where he looks like he could be. A top six forward. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, and I mean, this was definitely the case. Yeah, I said Gallagher scored. I think he scored in game two. It, it feels like so long. Well, ago. He, he, yeah, he does feel like a long time ago at this point. Uh, I mean, Gallagher did score in this game. He, he, he Gallagher had the the crazy uh, bat in the oh, air yeah, that's goal, true. Right? which yeah, was actually now that I think about it, it was a big deal because it was the, his only goal of the playoffs because he hadn't scored in a long time, right? He, yeah, he, he got the monkey off his back. So I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I mean, uh, everyone's already tuned out at this point because clearly <laughs> you're saying nonsense. But uh, I mean, I, I get thinking Gallagher scored first because he came out ready to go. He was de- def- yeah. he definitely motivated the team uh, early on. And then I felt good when the game started because the team was playing so well. Right off the bat, the best they had played in the previous two games, but then right away they get the penalty, and it just yeah. felt like it was gonna not be a good thing. But then uh, Armia scores the goal. So the the big storyline in this game, I mean, there was a Gallagher injury, but before that happened, uh, Kudkiniemi gets uh, thrown out of the game on an extremely on, questionable call. on such a soft. First of all, one of my most hated modern NHL calls is. Players not protecting themselves, mm-hmm. and then the player making the hit being penalized just because there's an injury. At some point, there's responsibility on the player to protect himself, and they, there's hits like the one cut game. Cut hit wasn't a dirty hit. He just went in for the hit, a hit you see a hundred times a game, but it's like, uh, was it was it Sanheim? Yeah, Sanheim. Yeah, Sanheim, it's like on purpose put himself in a position to get hit. Yeah, I mean exactly. Like he saw, like he must have seen him coming. Like they, like, mm. like you said, it was in no way a dirty hit. No. He just happened to turn at the at the wrong time when he was uh, trying to clear the puck, and he ends up taking a face full of boards. Basically, exactly. and I, I actually love Kevin BX's take on this on the mm-hmm. Sportsnet broadcast. I mean, he didn't agree. He said it was it was it was, it was okay to to for Kudkinami to be thrown out of the game, which I disagree with. Um, but I, the, the, what he said specifically about, he told Sanheim, well, he didn't tell him to his face, but he said, if Sanheim plays like this for the rest of his career, he's going to find himself on the injured list more often than oh, not. Oh, for sure. For sure. I mean, you can't put yourself into that position. I mean, like, yes, the, the guy delivering the hit, like, you know, you, you don't want to injure someone. And that's definitely, uh, I don't think that's what Kukaniemi was trying to do. Oh, definitely. But I mean, you have to, you know, at a, at a certain point, there is some responsibility on the player getting hit to make sure that he doesn't put himself in a vulnerable position, position what he, which he absolutely did. I mean, at the most, it was a two-minute penalty. Exactly. I'm, I'm fine with it being a penalty if yeah. you want to really be like, well, it's the player's responsibility to play it safe. But it's just one of those things because when Sanheim hit the boards, it hit his visor, and then his visor hit his face, and then he cut his face. Then, then it, 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 oh, there's blood, so it's a big deal. The NHL is so scared of blood now. If Sanheim is a player that doesn't wear a visor and he just gets hit into the boards, there's a bit of a scuffle after the hit and Kutkiemis goes on the bench for two minutes. Yeah. It's a big deal unless it's Brendan Gallagher, of course. What, what, wait, what do you mean? You said if, if there's blood, it's a big deal. Okay, Gallagher has a broken jaw from a cross-check <laughs> to the face. Well, that's what I'm saying. Very different he didn't things. He didn't even get a, you know, I mean. Oh, I see what you're because he did yes. it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. the, the ref missed it. Yeah, yeah, yes. sure, sure, yeah. But yeah, terrible call. I mean, the Canadians had quite a bit of uh, of momentum at this point. 
Kutki Nemi's been basically one of their best players yeah, the whole playoffs absolutely. up to that point. And then you're losing him, and you're getting a five-minute penalty. And they, they scored twice on the power play. So they scored twice. Voracek with both goals, uh, but you, you could, if this was uh, soccer, it would say... Chirac with both goals. <laughs> with, yeah, with own yeah. goals. If I'm not both mistaken, they both dif- deflected off. At least one deflected off Chirac. I mean, I, I mean, Price in, in, in this series, despite his... Ama- he, he has amazing numbers, and still, the goals that he did let in, yeah. like half of them went off his own players. Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. There's only so much he can do in there. Oh, for sure. I mean, I don't want to... Like crap on Chirac too much. I don't think he had that bad of a series, but it's just frustrating to see. You know? Yeah, well, I think Ben Chirac played really good in the playoffs, but but yeah, I mean, it's it's just one of those things. Like I think especially when you're on the PK, yeah. like you're trying to block the lanes, and it's just it's just bad luck, you know. It just goes off you. But yeah, I mean, two unfor- unfortunate goals, and I mean, I think definitely me, and I'm sure a lot of Habs fans at that point are like, well, it's over. I was seething. I oh was so angry, right? I, w- I just felt like it, th- it was taken away from us. But then Armia scored. So here's another reason why I think Armia had like, to, to say he had a great game. Not just because of the PK goal, but then after Kotkaniemi went down, like the, the lines were shuffled a little bit, and Armia is one of the guys that got moved up. He's kind of a Swiss Army knife out there. And he went from the fourth line to a top line and then right away scores a goal, ties the game up. Then Gallagher gets the power play goal. At this point, I am losing my mind <laughs> by myself. Well, my, my yep. girlfriend was on the computer behind me. <laughs> Terrified because I kept screaming and she didn't understand what was going on. And then Suzuki gets the goal, but but it's offside and it gets waved off. Now, Drouin on that Suzuki goal, I just <laughs> it, yeah. sure you'll be offside sometimes. It happens, yeah. but on that play, it's unacceptable no. that he was offside. No, it's true. You know, he was he was trying to trying to get to the net a little bit faster. But yeah, I mean, you can't. You know, it's there really wasn't any reason for it. Um, I did feel for him that yeah, zoom sure. in on his face that they did on Sportsnet <laughs> afterwards. It's like leave the kid alone. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, it was sad to see. I mean, especially for the Wayne yeah. guy that's been struggling so much. You don't you don't want to see a goal get taken away from one of his teammates in that sort of situation, especially an important goal like that. Yeah, or uh, what uh, would have been an yeah. important goal? What would have been a, exactly exactly. But 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 for once, the notorious for his confidence affecting his play. Yeah, he, he was playing really well with Suzuki the rest of the game, yeah. and he set up on a beautiful pass Suzuki on what ended up being the game-winning goal. Yeah, I mean, you know, Drouet and, and uh, along with Suzuki, I mean, it's something that we saw over the last two games that man, they really started to build something together. I mean, a lot of people that you know, and, and probably rightfully so, were shitting on Drouet. Um, you know, for I mean, he, had, he def, aside from the last two games, he didn't play very good. In the playoffs. Yeah, but if you look at the stat line for the playoffs now at the yeah. end, then they don't no, look that true. bad. No, they, they don't, don't. They don't look that bad. They don't look bad. that bad. But it, that's such classic Dwayne. Yeah, that's true. Because it's like, he really didn't play that well. Exactly. You watch him play, it doesn't look good. But he had a good last two games. And now I'm just hopeful because we always see this skill in Dwayne. We're always hopeful. But I'm hopeful because it's like, did we finally find the guy for him in Suzuki to play along, right? Because Dwayne's a great playmaker. He's not necessarily mm-hmm. the guy that needs to be the sniper on his, on, on his line, but he's also a winger. So it's it can often be hard because we tried him at center and that didn't work out. Okay, I think we'll all agree with that. Yeah. And it can sometimes be hard to find the scoring center to go with the playmaking winger. Mm-hmm. And he had his crazy junior numbers playing with McKinnon, who's an amazing player who can score his fair share of goals. And Suzuki is looking more and more. He's not he's not scared to shoot the puck. He's a, he's a center. He's going to shoot. He's still a good playmaker. 
So Dwayne might be the guy for him. Now I'm kind of excited to have Dwayne on his his line to, to start the year next year. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he sort of he really turned around the last two games, turned you know Habs fans, including us, into into believers basically. Because yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people calling for him to. You know, basically be traded for whatever we could possibly get for him, but I mean, which doesn't make sense to me because at this point we're gonna lose if we trade Dillard. Oh yeah, for sure. You're never gonna win that trade. But um, yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely exciting. I mean, the Canadians obviously have a lot of options moving forward as well. Maybe go get a guy like Taylor Hall. Who knows? And that's be uh, <laughs> one hell of a first line with Suzuki. Yeah, that that he that's the big storyline, right? Like I we we've always talked about Cut Kinami on this podcast. I mean, I've always been a big fan. And then, like, we'll move on to Game 6. And Game 6 was a good effort. But, like, once again, Suzuki... Like, Suzuki just... He, he let, he was the best player on the Montreal Canadiens in, in, in the last couple of games. I mean, Price is obviously the best player in, overall in the play. But if we're just talking skater... Yeah. The, oh, yeah. Like, 20... Is he still 20? Or did he just turn 21? I mean, basically, he's still... He looks like a baby out there. He's... But he's just killing it. Absolutely killing it, Suzuki. And, like, the two goals he had, he just looks like... The playoffs... Even at his size and in his age, he it didn't bother him at all. If anything, it's he stepped his game up to a new level. We like, we have a proper gamer in Nick Suzuki, and it's really oh, exciting. Oh, for sure. To see. I mean, you know, the last two games he was an absolute beast. I mean, basically the 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 bigger the games got. Yeah. And I mean, we we even saw that during the seat during like the end of the regular season yeah. too. I mean, when they when the games started to get more and more important, yeah. Suzuki, yeah. you know, that's when he started to step up more responsibility. The more he stepped up, so. I mean, just the way that he progressed this year is just ridiculous. Never would have expected that. Not, not, never, ever at all. And like, I never thought at the end of this season, there would have been no significant trades, and I would be t- telling you I am satisfied with the number one center we have going into next season. Yep. <laughs> and I absolutely am. I am. I'm. I am. I am. Like he has. What's the word I'm looking for? I, he's convinced me. The big word I was looking for was convinced. <laughs> I am convinced. Wow. <laughs> I am convinced by Nick Suzuki that he, he is a number one center. He he just he's he has that. And if and I'm excited with with the chemistry with Duane. But here's the thing. I'm excited for Suzuki to be to, for Duane to be able to play with Suzuki. Suzuki, I think, can play with anyone and he'll be fine. I mean, Anyone that's, yeah. that that sets up next to him, he finds chemistry because we thought he had chemistry with Tatar. We think he has chemistry with uh, with Domi when he plays with him. We think he has, but here's the thing: he just he can play with anyone. No, exactly, that's what it is. Yeah. Everyone that he's played with, he's he's had success with. So, and that tells me if you get an elite player like a Hall to play mm-hmm. next to him, he's gonna play well with him, and it's gonna be amazing. Yep, <laughs> that would that would be something. It, it, I mean, it would, it would. It's, it's a little ways away, but. Uh, but I mean, there's there's so many options. I mean, it's 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 really exciting time. And, and again, not just Suzuki, but Kutkiniemi, the way that he played. Exactly, Kutkiniemi. I was a little disappointed in his game six. He definitely. It's it's exactly what I was scared was going going to happen going into the game. I mean, he's still a young player. To be fair, he he seemed to be a little bit more hesitant, a little bit more of the old Kutkiniemi who's maybe scared to shoot and not as confident. And I'm thinking probably because he got kicked out the last game, maybe feeling mm-hmm. a little bit guilty about how that played out. You know? Yeah, yeah, I think you know he did. He didn't seem to throw the body around like he had been the whole playoffs. Yeah. Like he was, he was playing like a madman in the first. Well, basically up until uh, up until that game. Yeah. So I mean, you know, I, I mean, we know he can do it. I think you know the off season, whatever, he'll be able to. You know, get get it, get over it, or whatever. no, no I, think so whatever. I think so too. I think so too. Overall, the playoffs were definitely yeah. a positive for. Uh, for Kutkiniemi and and just just and just this game six it's it it was just 
There were so many bounces, a few more goals off of Canadians' Such, defensemen. Yeah. Uh, honestly, I would say that this is the one game that the Canadians played better than the Flyers, but unfortunately still lost. Yeah. And it, it just kind of is what it is. But at the end of the day, we, they, they, they hung in there with them, and they could have easily made it past this Flyers team. Oh, definitely. And it definitely. would have been on the back of Price playing amazing hockey, Shea Weber lo- looking like the, the, the defenseman he can be, and more importantly than, than anything else, the kids is stepping their game up, and that's just, mm. just yeah, that's great that's, for the that's what you wanted to see. I mean, you know, Suzuki and Kucky Nemi, you definitely couldn't have asked really for more from either one of them. I mean, they showed that you know they're they're both gamers. They they step up when you know the bigger the situation, the better they play. And I mean, you know, you got to be excited by the future at this point. I mean, it's only going to get better with some of the young guys they have and all the draft picks they have coming up too. And so now, and we talked about this before, but now that they they have been eliminated and they they, they went down in the draft positions, like but there's been the post uh, end of season press conference, and uh, Bergman did did go in on this. He he said going down seven spots is absolutely worth the. I'm obviously paraphrasing, but is absolutely worth the the experience. And he said something along the lines that he can get the same quality player at 16 that he can at nine. Now you can say whatever you want about the the second part of this statement, but. First, like, I would 100% agree that going down seven spots was absolutely worth the experience yeah. that they got in these playoffs. Yeah, I wouldn't have said that before, but I mean, the way that the, that the young guys played, I mean, yeah, you, it's, it's definitely hard to argue with that. You're definitely not getting the same player at 16 that you would have at nine, but... Well, no, he said... He said you you can get the same if I'm not mistaken. Like, and you can you can get the same like it can happen, well, right? Like, I mean, obviously you'd rather have you know. the ninth overall pick, but we see it time and time again. Yeah, you never know what's gonna happen. And for it, sure. it, it's happened many times before where the Canadians tend to to reach a little bit with the players they 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 go get they they know who they specifically like. I would not be shocked, and we'll never know this for sure. They will probably probably say this if it happens, uh, if they do end up using the pick because they could trade it. You never know. I, they could be in a situation where at 16 they pick the guy they would have picked if they were picking at 9. I mean, you never know. You never know. I, 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 just, I just really don't think it's a question anymore at this point. This experience is huge and going into next year, we're a, the Canadians are a better team day one of the next season because they got these playoff games. Yeah, no, I agree Regardless with that. of the moves that happen. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. I mean, just, you know, the I think the the confidence that it gave the, that it gave the younger players and I mean, you know, I think the team as a whole, I yeah. mean, really looked good. I mean, obviously it was a it was it was a really bad season. There was very uh, few uh, positives. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I mean, this playoffs definitely made up for it and, you know, I think it it made turned some of those negatives into positives and uh I mean, turned, uh, I think, a lot of people into believers. And, and not just that. I, I think it's something that's important going into this offseason, that, that the value that Bergevin specifically gets going into this offseason from these playoffs is that he saw what he has in Suzuki and Kotkaniemi, and now he can be more confident in the moves that he has to make. If this never happened, if, if, if we never had these plans and we were just still, they, they were, there was no hockey happening right now, and we just, or the Canadians just didn't, qualify because they weren't the last team in Bergeron would be going to the offseason really not knowing what he has in Suzuki and, and Kutkinemi like we yeah. knew Suzuki was doing well but we didn't quite we weren't sure yet that he was ready to be the number one center like we are now yeah no exactly I mean Suzuki he he was probably one of the lone bright spots on the Canadians during the regular season he but not as bright as no he definitely is not definitely not I, I definitely wouldn't have said that I 
you know, after the regular season, I wouldn't have said, uh, oh, yeah, Suzuki's going to be your number one center going into next season. Yeah. Definitely that is going to be the case now. And, I mean, Kakanyemi finished the season in Laval. Yeah. So we weren't uh, feeling super high. I mean, you know, he had 13 points in 13 games in Laval, which is awesome for a 19-20 Of course, but, but it's good for the, 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 the organization to have been able to see, okay, the stint in Laval worked. He's going to be ready coming into the next year. Like, they have a much better idea of the pieces they have to build a winning team for next yeah. year right now. And, and on, the, uh, on, the, on the flip side... It, it, with, with other pieces like maybe a maybe a Max Domi that's been in, yep. that's been in trade rumors <laughs> that didn't necessarily have the best playoffs. I mean, I mean, we might as well get into the Max Domi talk now. I mean, there there, there were the, the rumors we were kind of joking about was about Domi, but that specific rumor might not be happening. But there definitely is reason to believe that Max Domi's days in in Montreal are are are, are over. Essentially, that he played his last game. I mean, I I, I thought this. Quote, both Julien and uh, Bergerman had things to say about Domi, but Bergerman first said that he's better... So he was asked, uh, obviously, mm-hmm. by the reporter about Domi's performance in the playoffs. Bergerman says he's better suited to answer regarding his performance. Max has a lot of potential, uh, and I can't speak for his future, but he has two more years as RFA. Does yeah. that sound <laughs> like a player he's excited to have on his team for a very long no, time and re-sign for a huge contract? No, definitely not. Definitely, definitely not. not. Definitely, like it, it, it's an easy answer if you like the player. Yeah. You, you, you just—it's just he had a great playoff. Maybe he struggled a little bit here, but he, he did better there. That sounds like they're ready to get rid of him. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I definitely agree with that. And then Claude Julien as well. He mentioned that he's uh, he's he's more comfortable at center. He's a better center than a winger. Exactly. He um, said he's not just that. He said Julien is Julien said that Domi is more of a center. And he said something along the lines that's something we need to consider. Yeah. What he means by that is well, he's more of a center, and we have our top three centers, so we don't need Domi anymore. No, exactly. So I mean, yeah, it's definitely not looking good. Yeah, um, yeah. You you got to figure. And, and oh, I mean, also, we forgot he took Montreal off his Twitter bio. Yeah, well, hey, I mean, it wouldn't be the first time. It wouldn't <laughs> be the first time a pro athlete yeah. takes off his bio that he plays for a certain team, and then that pro athlete gets traded. It's happened. Yeah, there's in a all reason the why he did it, right? I mean, there's a reason why he did it. He didn't just take it off for shit. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 exactly. And uh, the type of guy Max Domi is, you know, and all that. Like, I feel like he actively went on both his Instagram and Twitter and removed the mention of of Montreal. I mean, he. I don't think he thinks he's gonna come back. I think he spent some time on the fourth line. I don't think he he particularly wants to come back. No, exactly. There's no room for him at this point. Exactly, and we've talked about it. The the trade just makes sense, whether it's for defense or for more of a scoring winger uh, than than he is. So, so let's get into the trade rumor, which was posted by this 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 woman was. uh, Well, first of all, it was posted by some random, um, like via sort, like at via sources or something. Yeah, which is like this was literally. I'm pretty sure their only tweet. So I mean, super reliable. (laughs) And then this other uh, woman, I forget what her name was, but her profile said she was the lead um, editor for Metro Media or something. Aren't those like those free newspapers you get on the Metro? So I mean, (laughs) okay. I mean, I I guess you actually work for a newspaper, but I I don't don't know if. uh, uh, she didn't even have the check mark. I mean, come on. There's people with check marks with, that don't have credibility, and, and you know. Uh, but anyways, it's still fun to talk about. So the, the the rumor was Max Domi 
Ryan Paling and a first round pick. Well, this the first round pick uh, for this year uh, for Johnny Goudreau. Yep. Um, so, what are your thoughts on this? Just let's say, like, let's forget about the fact that it was probably bullcrap. <laughs> the rumor. Yeah. Just yeah. let's talk about the package and just would you want a guy like Johnny Goudreau? I mean, I, so first of all, I mean Ryan Paling as well took Montreal Canadiens yeah. off of his uh, off of his Twitter. Um, we know that he didn't play at all. Yeah. Um, apparently, I mean, we don't know exactly what the what the whole situation is, but I, I think you would mention to me while we were watching the game, game six, that um, you saw someone on Twitter posted that yeah, he wasn't I, in game shape. I can't remember off the top of my head, unfortunately, right now. But it was it was uh, an insider, someone that I think it was Francois Gagnon. Yeah, and and it might have been, and they it, they heavily insinuated that he uh, he did not show up in in in, in proper kind of game shape maybe didn't accept there would be hockey and uh, anyone who's a Habs fan and has watched press conferences that involve Marc Bergevin it's pretty obvious he takes fitness very seriously <laughs> okay yeah. he has the biggest biceps of any general manager in any sport probably that's true so so you would think that fitness is pretty important to him so he probably doesn't like something like that there's there's there has to be a reason why with Belzil getting minutes and Evans getting minutes and then Evans did well but Belzil was like eh. and then there was Gallagher's injury even after that Paling didn't even sniff the ice no there's, There's got to be a reason there. for it. Yeah. I mean, I think that 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 might make sense if he didn't come into camp, you know, in in shape. I th- I kind of got the sense too, and I mean, obviously we're not insiders. We we're not talking to anybody, right? But like, I kind of got the sense near the end of the season that he was kind of falling out of favor as well. The games that I saw him play in Laval, we saw one game. Um, I think they were playing Bro- Providence, where he scored uh, the game tying goal or the game winning goal. Like he was basically like like he was definitely the best player on the ice. But then there were stretches near the end of the season you know in Laval games that I saw that he's invisible didn't really play put much effort into into it at all so I mean I think I think maybe he f- sort of fell out of grace I mean I think he fell well obviously he's fallen below Jake Evans in the in the depth chart yeah, at this point yeah. so I mean Evans just makes more sense if it's going to be a fourth line center role at this point point. and here's the thing just looking at also for the, the the makeup of the team even if Paling were to develop in more of a you know, productive uh, player for the Canadians. We don't we don't need him anymore. Like mm-hmm. there's Suzuki, there's Kutkinyami, and then there's Dano. I mean, you don't yeah. need Paling as a fourth line center. Evans can get the job done there, or anyone. You can easily find a fourth line center, right? Yeah. So Paling to, to to move Paling makes sense to me, and he's still a former first rounder. And I, and regardless of how a prospect is doing, I feel, I do feel like that that still holds a bit of value to GMs. Like GMs might be willing to. To, to see, oh, maybe we can find the potential in this guy. Yeah, he's still young too, right? Exactly. I mean, he's, he's 21 years old. He was drafted only a couple of years ago. Exactly. So, I mean, yeah, he definitely still has that, uh, you know, has has a lot of potential. He has some value, for sure. Yeah, I mean, he, he definitely does. Right, so, it, it, the package overall makes a lot of sense as, as a... As yeah. a I'd, I'd be interested in seeing what exactly the Canadians can get for a Domi pilling. And, and the first round pick, I'm, I'm totally fine moving the first yeah. round pick if we can get a, an actual player there. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, and I... I am starting to think that I'd be surprised if the Canadians do end up picking in the first round. I think they're going to yeah. ma- move that pick. I hadn't really thought about it because we spent so much of the season on this podcast talking about the potential of getting one uh, uh, Lafreniere or getting uh, the, the, a player around nine. And, I mean, like, like Benjamin can say, and I do believe that the, the 16th, you can still get a solid player. 
But given the prospect pool the Canadians has, like we are, we already have issues. That we, we need to move mm-hmm. picks. We're moving picks yeah. for sure. Yeah, for sure. And if the, if if Benjamin can get a player that can help the team right now for that first round pick, he's he's going to do it. Yeah, I mean, defense. I think that's another thing that uh, you know that I guess a positive that came out of the playoffs is that they showed that they're a lot more competitive than maybe yeah. we thought they thought they were and that especially now with Suzuki and Kakinyemi showing what they can do I mean you know they might be a few pieces away from being really competitive they have a lot of good young players coming up in the system um so I mean I wouldn't be too surprised I mean they have obviously the first round pick 16th now they have three second round picks I'd be pretty surprised if they if they don't make a pretty significant trade. Not to not to even mention the cap room that they have. Exactly, exactly. There's plenty of teams that can. I mean, there's even smaller trades that can definitely be be done uh, when in regards to cap room, like we did with with. Uh, that's how we got Armia, who we, we yeah. bo- who we both love, right? Um, so I mean, I do think we could get something solid for 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 that for that package. And so the rumor was Johnny Gaudreau. I mean, a lot of people were iffy on him because he is small and the classic thing. The Canadians yeah. are so small, and you'd probably like someone bigger to play with, with uh, Suzuki. I mean, you could always have uh, Gojo playing with Kotkaniemi instead. But I mean, would you make the would you make this move, just this exact trade? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think Gojo is better than what you're giving away for sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, Max Domi. I, you know, I think he could be pretty successful on the right team. Um, Ryan Paling, I mean, he, he is what yeah, he is. Like whatever. he's he's basically going to be a third line center, and uh, I mean a first round pick. Yeah, you're giving away a chance at a at a pretty decent prospect probably. But I mean Johnny Goudreau, you know, you don't get a lot of. That's uh, the thing. He's <laughs> a year removed from. from yeah. He was very close to 100 points, and he's he, the, that's the thing that the Canadians now need. Like I, I've talked time and time again about how I want to improve the defense on the podcast, and I, I still would like to add a piece on the left side on defense. But now that we have the center line like, kind of down pat. I love to to add like a proper winger on there, like in a Johnny Goudreau, and obviously in free agency with uh, with Taylor Hall. I mean, I'd still like. I obviously, I'm sure this is what's going to happen. You would think he's going to shop around this 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 package and see what he yeah. can get. But if the best he can do is is Johnny Goudreau, I don't hate that. And he, oh, he for sure. he's a goal scorer. He he can he can he can really help on the wing. That's what we need is those those types of wingers. Sure, he's smaller. But we have to stop focusing on that. Like he's proven himself in the NHL at this yeah. point, you know. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, he hasn't the one the one knock on him too that some Habs fans were mentioning is he hasn't necessarily had much success in the playoffs. But I mean, yeah, he, he's a proven goal scorer. Um, you know, he's signed for the next two years, which okay, I mean, it's only only the next two years. But it's not like you're giving up like crazy a assets. game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, you're giving up a solid NHL player, Max Domi. You're giving up an I mean, a good prospect in Paling, and then you know a first round pick. It you know you're giving away a pretty good package, but I mean, I would probably expect to even give up more for a guy like Udro. No, exactly. I mean, I I, I I don't think it's a bad trade at all. I mean, it, it could become completely out of, of of thin air, but I would not be shocked if those three pieces are not on the Canadian side, regardless of, of what the trade is for. I kind of, if anything, I, I almost feel more comfortable in saying. Those three pieces will not be on the Canadians at the beginning of the next year than they will be on the Canadians. Yeah, exactly. Max Domi, I can't see him back with the Canadians. It, it just doesn't make any sense. Ryan Paling too. I mean, he seems to seems to have fallen out of favor. I mean, I I would like to keep Ryan Paling, but I think it makes sense that he's probably a guy with a pretty good trade value. It, that that's the that's the big thing with Paling. Domi. I'm convinced is going to be moved because I do think he still has value, and they're going to be suitors, and we're going to be able to get a good yeah. piece for him, whether it's a, a scoring winger or a defenseman. 
Paling, they might kind of shopping him around and realize there's not a lot of people that are willing to get give what the Canadians want to get back mm-hmm. for him. So I could see maybe Paling sticking around because of that. But I mean, I just and I just think the first round pick makes sense to be packaged with with Domi, for example, if you want to get something a bit more more valuable, you know, in that sense. You know, yeah, exactly. A, a big trade if it has to be coming this offseason. Yeah, for sure. I mean, right now, I mean, there's so many possibilities. Like, I don't think this is ever. There's never really been more of an exciting time to be a Canadiens fan, yeah. I think. It, well, at least not years. recently. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, you know, they got some amazing young players, exciting young players. They got a lot of young prospects as well coming up. Um, so, I mean, they have those assets to move. I mean, they, you know, they also have their veteran players who are nearing the end That's of their the window. Thing. That's the thing. On top of those young players, you have the Price and the Weber. So they have to do it now. Exactly. They have to do it like now. It's a perfect time. And in today's NHL, the, the you need the players like, like Suzuki, Kutkaniemi, who are already producing for your team. And it's while they're on those cheaper contracts that you can build a team around them to win. We see it every year. Teams that win the Stanley Cup now, they, they have a few of those players that are only the first two, first, second, or third year in the NHL. They're still on those cheap contracts, but producing uh, as if they're one of the elite players in the NHL. It, it's it's a must on, on a winning team in, in the cap era right now. And just the Canadians have the cap space. There's going to be trades available there. I mean, even on a smaller scale, something that you... This isn't a rumor, just something that you pointed out that, that makes a lot of sense. But with the St. Louis Blues with, yeah. uh, with um, Jake Allen. Yeah, so, uh, well, I guess we could sort of maybe touch this now. Uh, so one of the Twitter questions that we got, because, uh, I mean, this is sort of going to touch on it a bit. So uh, one of the Twitter questions that we got was uh, from Kevin Rogers, so at Rogers 77 Who do you think the Habs should target for backup goalie next season, another free agent, or perhaps a trade? Um, so I think, and I, I, I'm... I mean, this this came to me. I, I think it's been discussed on Twitter before as well. But a trade that makes a lot of sense to me would be Jake Allen coming to uh, coming to the Canadians from the St. Louis Blues. I mean, they're pretty up against the cap. They have Alex Pietrangelo, their captain, that's yeah, going to be a free agent. Exactly. So who I'm sure they'd love to hang on to. Exactly. Jake Allen. He. Uh, I mean, he played his junior hockey with the Montreal Junior. Uh, he's a guy that um, that he has a bigger contract that obviously the Canadians could absorb. He, you know, he's a he would be a very good backup. I think, you know, he's he's going to take some pressure off a of price. I I mean, he'll be better than Keith Kincaid and yes, all the and other Charlie backups we, we we we've <laughs> had over over the years. So it it, it it makes a lot of sense. And he, and the thing is, you can even get another piece along. Yeah. With, with so Alan, you know? I mean, one of the guys that that also because they're so uh, far up against the cap, a guy that they're a young defenseman that they might not be able to pay is going to be Vince Dunn. He's a left-handed defenseman. Some of the Canadians could really use at this point. Yeah. Um, so I think a trade that would make sense to me would be we take Vince Dunn, you know, a really good, pro- uh, well, not a prospect, really good young defenseman, and we take the the uh, Jake Allen's contract off of them, and we move to them a guy maybe like Victor Mete, a sort of a you know a new age sort of defenseman, a good puck mover, puck mover who's obviously cheap. And potentially a goalie like Charlie Lindgren, and they already the St. Louis Blues already have uh, the guy that would be their backup goalie, who's Vili Husso, who's who's a really good goaltender. So I mean, Charlie Lindgren would end up being their third goalie, but uh, I mean, I think that makes sense. Maybe move a second round pick as well to them, but I think that makes a lot of sense for the Canadians. It gives them a, a great young defenseman, a left-handed defenseman who could who would probably end up being their uh, their top pairing defenseman next year. If he were to get traded to the Canadians, gives the, the Canadians a good backup goalie and Jake Allen, 
St. Louis Blues, he gives them some cheap options, a cheap third-string goalie, a cheap defenseman in Victor Mete who could replace Vince Dunn, and uh, and obviously the cap room exactly. potentially signed Peter More Angelo. importantly, even for them, is the cap room, right? Because so, they're, they're, for sure the, the Blues are a team that they're, they're not, they're not going to want to lose Peter Angelo. I mean, he's, at this point, he, he, there's that, 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 that picture of Peter Angelo lifting the cup is one of the most iconic Stanley Cup pictures we have, and I'm sure that there's a team that definitely wants to hold on to that player. He's their team captain. He, he, they're going to be willing to make a bit of a desperate move. I mean, I don't know if we're going to be able to get a guy like Vince Dunn off of him. That that might be a, a tall order. It just depends on what kind of moves they're able to make. But if you can get a piece like that, it's like like I said before, it's just like what we did with uh, with, the, with Joel Armia, right? And yeah. and Jake Allen does it does make a lot of sense. If it's going to be through trade, he's probably the goaltender that makes the most sense yeah, to become the backup so. for the for the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, and I mean I think really that's probably the biggest asset for the Canadians heading into this. Uh, uh, is going to be the salary cap. He, he specifically said uh, that uh, oh the, the, the that's what you're the cap room the cap room yeah yeah, yeah okay. what I was what I was gonna say he specifically said that a main priority for uh, for him is getting a backup goalie I mean it, yeah he needs he needs to get a good one for sure I mean right now it's Charlie Lindgren there's no way Charlie Lindgren's the backup goalie for absolutely the no, next no, year there, there's no chance um, I mean you know, obviously the Canadians have Caden Primo but I mean he's gonna be best served being yeah. the uh, the number one in Laval exactly and the, you you get a a, a a backup on a couple of year contract. Just in, until Primo, you know, give him yeah. more years there, and but it's, so but Jake Allen makes a lot of sense to me. But if it's not through that trade, there aren't a lot of good goaltenders uh, that are going to be the UFA overall uh, this year is pretty solid. But a lot of goaltenders, uh, best one of the crowd is probably Robin Leonard. I mean, he I think he's proving as a starter at this point. So I don't I don't think that's going to be the guy. There's a Jacob Markstrom, more of a starter also. Probably not going to be him. Holdby uh, at this point is a bit older, but I mean, I mean, he'll probably get a starting job. But if you start getting more down the line, there are some people talking about Corey Crawford. Mm-hmm. He's a Montrealer. Um, he has some history with uh, with Bergevin when Bergevin was uh, was with, with yeah. Chicago, I yeah, think, in the assist, past. Assistant GM. Yeah, exactly. So, so it, it makes sense there. Now, Crawford has said he's not interested in being a backup. But Corey, buddy. <laughs> You had your years where you were a very solid goaltender in the NHL. It's not like he was ever the best goalie in the NHL either. But he's had—I he, mean, he he had some amazing playoffs and all that. But at this point, I just don't think Corey Crawford is a starter in the NHL. And I just named what was it four other UFAs that are better than him. So yeah, the, the and I would, I would add to Thomas Grice to that to that list well, as well. There you go. They're, really they're, good. That, that's a that's a bunch of goalies yeah. there that are gonna get a starting job before. Crawford, so it might, he might not want to sign right away, but I mean, at this point, he's thirty-five. He, he's he's the perfect backup. It's if you can convince him to come in as a backup, he might be exactly what this team needs as yeah. as the backup. And maybe oh, maybe the fact that he's from Montreal and all that, it's gonna be interesting to him. I, I'd love to see that. Now, if he's gonna be willing to do it, that luckily we have Carey Price. So if he signs here, he knows he's the backup. Yeah. Right, so it's it's whether or not he's willing to do that, you know. So we'll see, but I think that'd be that'd be ideal, honestly. Yeah. I think it'd be better yeah. than Jake Allen. I like the trade better, obviously, yeah. if we can get some assets. But one for one, I'd rather have Corey Crawford as the backup. Yeah, yeah, I have a little bit less confidence in Jake Allen. Well, Crawford too. I mean, he hasn't been too good the last couple of years, but but yeah, I think I'd I'd rather Corey Crawford, but I I would obviously rather the trade. Uh, yeah, that we take yeah, on Jake yeah. Allen's contract, um, but if, yeah, if you get an extra asset. But yeah. I mean, like you said, I mean, there are so many good goalies there. I mean, obviously the Canadians aren't going to get a guy like Markstrom, Leonard, 
uh, Holtby, obviously. Yeah. Um, I mean, these guys are going to be most likely number one somewhere. There's also um, Cam Talbot that's a UFA, actually. Cam Talbot, too. Yeah. I mean, Anton Kudobin is not bad either. Yeah, he, he'd be a really good option, actually. Yeah. I'd really like him. Uh, but, I mean, all these guys, though, I mean, why would you sign to be back? <laughs> Gary Price is back. Like, if I, if I was one of these guys... I mean, even like Corey Crawford, he's, he's many, not going to be a starter. How many starting jobs do you think? Oh, yeah. No, yeah. but you go to a team that has a fringe starter, and, you know, maybe you sort of like Thomas Grice has been the last couple of years in, with the Islanders, with Varlamov. You're sort of like the 1A, 1B option. So if you're playing with, behind Carey Price, yes, the Canadians say, always say that they want to give Carey Price more more time off. But, but you're not getting a game in know. playoffs. No, so. exactly. So, I don't know. If, if I was a veteran goalie, I would, eat, I, first of all, obviously you want to be a starter. Second option would be I'd go to a team that has a fringe starter. And my third option would be, well, I'd go to a team where I can maybe be the backup for a Stanley Cup team. Yeah. No, that, that, that's fair enough. I mean, that, that, that makes a lot of sense. I think it's going to be a situation where the Canadians aren't going to get their first pick here unless they would be willing to overpay, which I don't think they will be. But it's a situation if you can't work a trade, you just be patient. You yeah. be pa- And honestly, I would take any of those player goaltenders that I've named already – and whoever is left of them that hasn't found a team, you just step in and be like, hey, buddy, yeah. does it look like anyone wants to give you a starter job? <laughs> we'd love to give you 30 yeah. games to back up Carey Price. Because yeah. you know? like you said, I mean, there are a lot of goalies that's there. That's the thing. Like, that's a crazy How, list. That's, that's a crazy list, and there's a, a lot of good goaltenders, and I think a lot of them are gonna just going to realize, well, I guess there's just not a spot for me on any of these yeah. teams, right? One thing that I would say, though, that, that could potentially hurt the Canadians... Um, so they obviously they signed Keith Kincaid last year, mm-hmm. who I mean obviously he yeah, wasn't yeah. playing very good, but to send him down to the AHL, you know a goalie a guy might be thinking twice before signing with the Canadians. Oh, if I have a couple of bad games, maybe I mean, you know they're going to send me down and bring up Primo. That's fair enough, but if you look at his numbers, no, I know for a no, second, it's true. it's true. You'd realize that you know he was just he was bad. He was just bad. And uh, if a, a goaltender that's confident in his abilities, we'll just look at that and be like, "Well, I, I just have to be better than that, and yeah. we'll be fine," you know. Yeah, but you know, it's it's it could possibly be. Oh, for you know, sure. Something like, that they might think about. I don't think the Canadians will be the number one choice landing spot no. for any of these uh, these no. goaltenders. Uh, everything you've said has made made a ton of sense, but it just gets to the point where I think. One of some of them, a couple of them are going to get a wake up call where they realize, well, it is what it is, and you can also sell it to these goalies that if if, if there is a situation uh, where the, the team's not a playoff team or whatever, that they can get moved to the deadline. Like, you, you, like we know that Bergevin's not tr- not scared yeah. to make trades, right? So that that that's always something that can be brought up. There's always a team around the trade deadline that either the goaltender's injured for or for whatever reason they need a more a sustainable backup. That's what happened with Leonard, right? He mm-hmm. he got moved to. To the Golden Knights yeah. at the trade deadline, and now he's going on a cup run, right? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, uh, yeah. So I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of things to think about there. I mean, um, a lot of good options, but yeah. I mean, the Canadians aren't going to be anyone's first option uh, for a backup goalie, that's for sure. But uh, I mean, there are a lot of options. There are a lot of solid options, and it's, that's the thing. There's a lot of options. Yeah. So uh, I am pretty, I'm feeling pretty confident because I, I don't think last year, if we went through the whole list, I think. There were like Keith Kincaid would have been a top three or four. I mean, I option. was thrilled when they yeah, said yeah, Keith we, Kincaid. We were both thrilled. <laughs> we were both thrilled. I mean, I think I, I thought he was going to be the, every, the solution. Everyone was wrong yeah. about that. He, he yeah. just he just seemed Doesn't to make sense out. as a. Yeah, it is, it is what it is. But uh, I mean, I, I I feel like it, it would have to be a major 
like, like I don't see how the Canadians don't manage to get a good backup this offseason. The, the 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 positions the players are there, they're available. And if it, if it's not uh, a signing, it's it, it's it's a trade which makes a loss. I'm, yeah. I'm just pulling up here. So yeah, there's Thomas Grice like you said. Also, uh, let's see. That's a UFA. And yeah, I mean, they, you know, I'm sure there's other goalies out there too, like backup goalies that uh, that have high contracts that teams are going to want to want to get rid of, like Jake Allen. I mean, no, oh, no Jimmy one Howard's really. UFA. He had a historically bad year this year. Four twenty <laughs> yeah, goals a, against average. Yeah, no, well, I well, I mean, that's in front of a very bad team. Historically no, but, bad team. But, uh, Jonathan Bernier yeah, had right. not bad numbers, so uh, yeah, I wouldn't be touching Jimmy. Howard, no, definitely right? not. Uh, and other guys other is options. Mike Condon. You can go get Mike Condon again. Bring him back. Uh, Brian Elliott, Mike Smith. I mean, the, the, now we're talking. Keith Kincaid is is, is on this list too. <laughs> so that's where we're getting in this list. So yeah, there's there's, there's other guys out there. I mean, but I mean, they're, they're, the Canadians should be able to get some someone there. So I'm not too worried there. But I, I do like the Jake Allen idea. So what? But like, I, I, it needs to be someone solid. It needs to be someone solid. Uh, but anyways, moving on. So there was more uh, press conferences uh, today. Julien spoke a lot. Well, first of all, Julien feeling much better, yeah, which is obviously fantastic yeah. news. Uh, he, he basically described what he had, not as a heart attack, but as, as we say in French, uh, malaise. So just basically didn't feel right. So he went, got checked up, did the, did the smart thing. Uh, but uh, he said he's feeling better. He actually said that if the Canadians won, he would have re-entered the bubble yeah so i mean to, that's to good be able news. to join the team that's again, good news so. for sure so i mean yeah he also talked to some other nhl coaches that had the same sort of thing yeah to get advice in that so uh yeah so i mean i don't think uh, too much of a concern heading into next season no I no mean, yeah so but anyway it's definitely good news good news to hear um so i mean uh, so we did have another not necessarily a twitter question but uh scott strut so at scott struts five um so we also asked for like comments and what to, what people might suggest for that the canadians do moving forward um so uh first of all i suggested domi mete and a protected pick for wilson I, I i think we talked about this last week there's no way they're trading tom wilson the capitals i mean yeah. he's obviously a super important piece to that uh, to that team uh you also suggest say no to johnny hockey we've done that type of player to death I understand. I don't. I understand, but I don't necessarily agree. I don't think we've had. We, I'm sure. Um, I'm assuming he's talking about his size here. Yeah, probably. Like type yeah, of player. I, would, I would imagine. Y- yes, the Canadians have had a small team in the past. It's it's been a talking point for a long time. But have we had a, a player, a small player, with the amount of skill that that, that Johnny Gojo has? Like maybe Mike Cam- Camilleri. Probably doesn't have the same skill as Gojo. Even then, but he like, had a good. He had some good seasons he, too he, with the Canadians. That's the thing. So. He did well in Montreal, right? So. I mean, um, yeah, it, I, I'm not, it's not my first pick. I just want to say no to that move. That's the best we can get for the, the that package with Delmi, right? No, exactly. Uh, and then spend that cap, cap money. Use the leverage we have with the cap freeze in effect. Uh, this is our time. This is our best chance for progress. Bergevin may make it happen. Definitely agree. I mean, I think that le- the leverage is the biggest thing that Bergevin has right now. And I mean, there's just so many possibilities that he can. So do. many. And even if you're just looking at the UFA list. Yeah. Will I mean, anyone, any other team, be able to offer the same contract we're going to offer Taylor Hall? No, exactly. Yeah. I mean, so. so so we might finally get that big fish in the in the U.S. and then you have Taylor Hall with like on a line with like Dwayne and Suzuki. Oh my God, I'm so excited <laughs> just thinking about it. That's pretty. That's pretty damn exciting right there. And, oh, and, actually, and here's the thing with this playoff run that we didn't touch on before, for a guy like Taylor Hall that may probably wants to win, how the Canadians performed in the first round makes him way, way, way more likely to be willing to sign with the Canadians. Exactly. Because they've, I mean, they've shown they're, they're not that far off in being a winning yeah. team. 
I mean, you add a Taylor Hall to this team, and it's crazy. Yeah, it, 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 crazy. And there's other pieces except Hall. Mike Hoffman. I don't hate Mike Hoffman either. Uh, maybe he can leave his uh, his girlfriend yeah. you know, <laughs> over there. There's there's Dadanov, who's I mean, obviously not on the same level yeah. as, as Hall, but still to Foley. There, there's some good pieces there that some good wingers that could be added to this team to help uh, this this team going in the next year. Yeah. Uh, he also asked, um, "Is this your last episode for this year?" So I mean, uh, no, it's no. not going to be. Probably not going to do it every week though. Um, but uh, obviously, if anything, the Canadians do. I mean, we're definitely going to have an episode if they for make sure. a big trade or something. Um, I think maybe we'll do it like every two weeks. Yeah, and every couple yeah. Of weeks. Yeah. I mean, maybe, yeah. maybe talk about some prospects while they, they still have the, the 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 pick. Maybe we can start doing. We have we do have three second round picks, so we can start talking about some more. There you go. Uh, kind we'll of. Yeah, we'll try to maybe get some uh, get some more interviews with guys yep. uh, to talk about prospects but uh no we'll definitely we'll we'll still be around for sure for sure for sure uh so uh some more stuff uh brought up by julien he actually and actually this is a uh, petri was asked uh whether or not he wants to uh to re-sign the canadians petri's gonna be ufa at the end of the year uh and he he sounded definitely like he wanted to say he basically said he's very interested in signing and he said something along the lines of him wanting to have a balance between a fair contract and his family, and just considering, and he basically said that he, when he moved to Montreal, had his first playoff experience, he, he made a home here. So when he talks about family, to me, that what he means by that is that he doesn't want to uproot his family. He wants to stay in Montreal, and it almost kind of sounds like he's willing to sign a, a reasonable yeah. contract. And yeah. you talked about it last week. I mean, there's Tatar and Petra, the two big UFAs after the next year. Tatar probably moves on, but Petrie is a guy we'd love to keep on the team, and it would be a huge hole if the Canadians were to lose him. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, they, you know, there there are some young guys there. Um, I mean, Weber's obviously not getting any uh, any younger. I mean, they do have Kale Fleury, Noah Juleson, Josh Brook eventually, but uh, yeah, I mean, Petrie is so underrated. He's such at, a big piece. At this piece point, of the an argument can be made that he's the best defenseman yeah, for the Canadians. Yeah, you, you uh, could absolutely. even. And he's definitely the, the, the a better skater than than, yeah. than than Weber. That's uh that's for sure. And he, he's clutch. He's yeah, clutch. I mean, no, he, for sure. For sure. I mean, he you know always steps up his game, and we saw that in the playoffs. I mean, here's one thing also about Weber, the 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 one timer at the end of regulation in Game Six that he missed the net oh by about 200 <laughs> feet. The absolute like he would be the first if he was sitting next to us right now. He'd be the first to say that was a horrible play yeah. and an unacceptable way to miss the net. Petrie doesn't miss the net about that shot. No. I, I think with he, he, he has that kind of clutch gene in him. So I, w- I would love – and just when I hear comments like that from a player too that just loves Montreal and wants to stay with the city, yeah. I, I want to keep those guys, honestly, especially a guy like Petrie, the, the way he plays on the ice. Yeah, well, you see, well his wife posts all the time on, mm-hmm. on social media and is uh, – I think he has two kids um, who, are, who are pretty young. I mean, they're, they're probably like six or seven years old. And, you know, they're – they they seem to be in love with the city, yeah. with with the other players. Um, so I mean, yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense. I mean, I'm sh- the Canadians would definitely love to keep him. And, if, and I mean, that's what you want. You want guys that want to be here. Yeah, exactly. There's a guy that's proven. Um, uh, yeah, it has to be the right deal. But I mean, it sounds like he's going to be willing yeah. to, to 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 sign a fair deal. I mean, the, the Canadians don't get me wrong. I'm still going to have to pay him, obviously. Yeah. Uh, pay him a, a good amount of money, but. I, I'm feeling pretty confident for yeah. I mean, I think he's making five point five million now. Um, I think maybe he gets a little bit more than that, maybe six. It'll be interesting to see the half. types of contracts we see in free agency this mm. uh, summer because of the cap freeze. So, so that's going to say I think a lot of company UFAs might be a little disappointing in the contracts they're going to get. Oh, yeah. uh, I think the the UFA class this year we're going to see some signings, and that's going to kind of tell the story about what kind of contract Petrie's going to get. 
Yeah, at, yeah that's, uh, that's that's true. Yeah, because I mean, this this whole cap freeze yeah. might might go on for exactly you know, two it's, or three it's, seasons. It's next to impossible to to, to speculate one, right now. So I, I don't think it's gonna be too hard to to resign Petrie. So it sounds like he's gonna say. Uh, then uh, that's pretty much it for the from, like interesting comments from Julian. From what I saw, uh, Bergevin also talked about how Tatar obviously had a rough playoff, which is uh, an unfortunate. I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, but, I mean, he had a really good regular season, obviously, yeah. but. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, I think that whole line, basically, right? I mean, yeah. him, him, Dano, he didn't play that great either. Yeah. Gallagher, well, the Gallagher was injured, we we know now. but well, uh, that, And that's the thing, how important is Gallagher yeah. for the offensive production of that line, right? Like, Dano had a rough playoff offensively, mm-hmm. but Dano had a fantastic defensive. But, like, yeah. He, like that, that's another yeah. thing. Yeah, that, well, especially against Pittsburgh. Yeah, I thought I thought he had some like he had not his, so good moments he, against he, Philly. He still had his moments against Philly, and he was great on the PK, I would say. And uh, that, that's another thing, actually, that I was pleasantly surprised on the Sportsnet broadcast, again it was Bieksa bringing this up. They kept showing clips of how amazing he is with the poke check. Mm-hmm. He always for the stick on the puck yeah. first and all that. He's an amazing defensive defensive center. He's not a bad offensive center. And I guess we should just move on to the one of the biggest uh, news stories uh, this week was definitely Phil uh, Dano's comments about. He basically said he saw his role change in the, in the playoffs, and he kind of made it seem like he's not really interested in. In a different role in the Canadians, I, it did kind of sound like he he still sees himself as the number one center for the Canadians when he's he's just not. The the, the team is at its best at this point uh, with Denua as a third center, maybe second center next year. I mean, Kudkinami and him, you know, it's kind of like yeah, it's it's gonna be like a two A two B. But Suzuki's number one. But I do think that the, his comments were completely blown out of proportion. Yeah, exactly. And actually, this was a, uh, a question that we got on Twitter yesterday. Uh, so from Will at O underscore Habs. So does Dano actually want out, or is this being blown out of proportion? Definitely being blown okay, out of proportion. I definitely, <laughs> does, has anyone said he wants out? I don't think he wants no. out. Well, I, mean, I think, well, I, it, when it first came out, I think a lot of fans were like, well, what the hell, what, you know, what, yeah. what's going on here? But yeah, I, I definitely think it was blown out of proportion. Um, and of course, uh, I mean... One one of the one of if not the best I mean between him and Drouin, uh French Canadian players on the team it's gonna it's gonna be big yeah, oh, news sure. when he th- when for he sure. says uh, things like that. Here's the thing: as much as I love Denno and I'd love to hold on to Denno as a third line center, he's gonna be expecting a giant contract yeah, at the end. Be, so it's gonna be interesting. That's going to be the thing, though. It, 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 I don't think it's a guarantee that Denno stays on this team after this year. Depending on the type of contract he's expecting, because at yeah. some point Suzuki and Kotkaniemi are going to need to get paid, and then if if you've already paid Danu that much, like I, I'd rather hold on to. I mean, it's just, we have the cap space, but at some point you don't have the cap space. You know? No, exactly. And especially yeah. if there are moves this year, if, if the Canadians make some trades to go get like Jake Allen and take some assets from St. Louis, and or and, and if they if they trade a, a Domi for to get like a guy on a big contract like Gaudreau, or if they sign a guy like Taylor Hall to. It would be a huge contract, obviously. Then the, all of a sudden, the Canadians don't have the same cap space we love talking about, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it it's going to be interesting. Cause, I mean, obviously, you know, the last two seasons, basically, he's been the the number one center for the Canadians. If he's expecting to be paid like a number one center, that that's uh, going to be yeah. That that's a whole other thing, right? And um, he's also probably thinking. Here's the thing, and I don't blame him. This is this is UFA year for Dano is his year to get paid. Oh yeah, it's going to sure. be his biggest contract. It's he's gonna him and his family are going to live off this contract for the rest of his life. So 
he should not take a pay cut. I mean, I don't want to no. hear anyone say anything about a hometown discount. He's been on a hometown discount. He's oh, yeah, been definitely. on an absolute deal yeah. at $3 million per year. Yeah, right? for, for sure. So, so. he's, he's going to want to get paid, deservedly so. I just don't know if it's going to make the most sense for the Canadians to give him the money that uh, that he really deserves. I would hate to see him go. Oh, definitely. But I it mean, could definitely happen. Yeah. I mean, you got to think they're going to do everything they can to keep him, but yeah. it's it's – it might be tough to make it happen. I mean, we'll you know we'll see what happens next season. What sort of a role he does play with the Canadians? Exactly. What numbers he puts up? And here's the thing: if he starts the season in more of a defensive role, maybe still getting some power play time, but then the team is winning, you have to think. You would hope yeah. that he would view, he would kind of see that and understand that if this new role for him is better for the success of the team. And honestly, if he doesn't see it that way. Okay, bye. Like, like, you know, like, I'm not going to give you more first-line minutes when we're doing better as a team. In the is other he an situation. RFA at the end of the UFA. next season? He's a yeah. UFA. Yeah. Well, that makes it even more complicated. No, of course. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, it, there's no... there's. It, it, that's what I was saying. It's it's his biggest contract. This is going to be his... He's going to want six, seven years. He's going to want six, seven million. Like, it, it, it depends. Like we just talked about, though. We have no idea what contracts are going to look like this free agency. Exactly. Yeah. So it, it'll it'll be interesting to see, right? But then someone like Dano might expect like he's owed more from the Canadians because mm-hmm. they've had him on a quote unquote kind of bargain, you know. Yeah. So it, yeah. it'll be really interesting to see. I don't think it's a guarantee he stays in Montreal though. No, it's going to be tough to make it happen. But uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of you know, there's a lot of factors at this point. We'll see what happens next season. And uh, the last thing I wanted to talk about here uh, quickly, I mean, it's not a Montreal-specific uh, thing that happened, but there was a trade that involved the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs, and I kind of hated this trade because it yeah. was a very good trade for the Maple Leafs. Yeah, I mean, they get a they get a first-round pick back, yeah. um, something they didn't have because they traded it to Carolina um, to take Patrick Marlowe's contract, and they get a pretty decent prospect in uh, Philip Hollander, too, uh, second-round pick in twenty. 20- 18 I think um, so I mean he is a good prospect with some good uh, with some good upside so I mean they get two pretty good pieces there for Kasperi Kapanen like how I good is he really exactly like, it, it was it was shocking to me like at first I thought I was kind of misremembering which one Kapanen is <laughs> on the team and I was like no 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 he's pretty far on the depth chart like on for them Obviously behind Matthews, behind Tavares, behind Marner, behind Nylander like he he, he was pretty far down the list for them as far as their 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 top assets, and then they get this haul back. I have no idea what Pittsburgh was thinking, honestly. No, I I feel like Kapanen's like he's probably going to play on one of the top two lines. You know, he's the kind of guy like he's going to be playing with maybe Crosby or Malkin. He's going to put up some really good numbers. I mean, look, he's twenty four. He's making three point two million, and like yeah. you said, I mean, they could usually anyone next to to Crosby can do well, but he's not the type of player that they usually play with Crosby. No, I mean it's yes, it's it's weird. It's weird. I mean, like it got like I don't know. I feel like he's kind of like a third liner. Yeah, and it's just one of those trades when you look at it, you just you think to yourself, oh Toronto must have been pretty happy when they got this offer because they probably would have made the trade if you took mm-hmm. away a few of the assets. Yeah, I mean, because you know they, they need to save some money too, right? So I mean, I'm sure they weren't too uh, too sad to get rid of his contract either. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I mean, they get two good assets back. All the other players, I mean, are basically like whatever. They're a bunch of AHLers, basically. All the other players involved in the trade, um, aside from maybe Aberg, he might be able to play like on a third, I don't know, bottom six role for Pittsburgh. Maybe he can offer a little bit of scoring. 
potentially. But um, yeah, I mean, they got a pretty good haul for sure. Um, but what this really says here is it, it makes you wonder what the value of our piece that's kind of similar in Max Domi, yeah. right? So it's a different situation because Kapanen is signed for $3.2 million for the next three years. And after those three years, he's still RFA. Well, Max Domi, this is RFA year, probably expecting to get more than three point two a year. You, yeah, you, for sure. Like, for obviously. sure. So it's 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 not exactly exactly the same thing. But if you look at the stats and all that, I mean, I would rather have Max Domi than than Capitan. Yeah, know. at even money, yeah. But at even money, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But that's that's the thing, though. <laughs> yeah, that, that, I mean? that 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 is the thing. Sure. Uh, but uh, it but it just shows you. But what we're looking for right now is not the type of haul Toronto got though. Like we're we're looking to move picks to get players that can help us right now. Yeah. Uh, but it's just interesting just to looking at the value kind of proposition here. I mean, and the fact that they, we can have trades right now while playoffs are still happening is just very it's exciting. exciting. It's, exciting. <laughs> it's weird though, because what if a team that's in the playoffs would have been willing to give you more in the off season? Well. I'm sure they're still talking, right? Yeah, yeah. You just can't pull true. the trigger on that's something. True. And maybe that's, honestly, like, maybe that's what it is right now with with Domi and Paling. Maybe they've already been told. Been traded. Yeah, yeah, that could be it. It could it, be. Yeah, because obviously you're not going to, if you're in the playoffs, you're not going to announce that one of the guys, <laughs> like, sacrificing his body every night on, is, yeah. is no longer on, on on the team. So, But it's it's interesting to see. I, I definitely see it. I mean, at this point, it's, it's that time of the year now, though. Like, I mean, I'm still excited to watch hockey. You know, I'm still a hockey fan, even if the Canadians aren't involved. But now I'm just excited for it to be over. No, I know. So, so let's can, get to the offseason. Let's get to the offseason because this could be a very, very interesting offseason for the uh, for the the Montreal Canadiens, so and and as soon as there's stuff happening, we we, we get to talk about it, right? So, and then and we only kind of quickly touch on the UFA class, but it's an interesting class. I'm excited to see what's gonna uh, gonna happen there. Uh, now, aside from that, do you have any more Twitter questions or? Uh, no, no, that was it for the Twitter questions. Um, yeah. So I mean, uh, did you want to touch on the prospect this week? Uh, well, I feel like uh, this episode's already been pretty long. Yeah, <laughs> we'll fair do enough. it the next episode. And uh, we we need to keep. Uh, <laughs> we're, there's not going to be as much uh, to to go over in the next. I mean, when you have the end of season presser, pressers, it's it's always uh, uh, always a lot of news. I mean, I, I don't. Not every player has spoken though. Right? I don't think so. Maybe we might get some more. Yeah, we might get some more uh, information so, from the players. Yeah, sort of like well, one of the like like we said, we're not necessarily going to have an episode every week, but uh, you know, every two weeks, I think at the max. Um, <clears throat> anyway. by, by at the max, you, you kind of mean at the at the very least. Yeah, at the very least. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah, what yeah, I meant. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, obviously, if something happens, we'll definitely absolutely. Uh, I mean, if Max Domi gets traded, we're going to do an episode. We're going to do an episode. Probably, the, episode. Next, probably <laughs> the, the next day. If if anyone gets traded, maybe not anyone. If if, if Dale Weiss gets yeah, traded, if Dale Weiss gets <laughs> traded. I don't know if a trade is in the in the books for uh for Dale Weiss. Yeah, but that that'll do it. Uh, for for today's uh, episode, the the post playoff episode, we never thought we were going to be able to uh, to make. That's true. And uh, so s- s- keep stay posted on uh, at the Habs Forum on Twitter. I mean, if there is an episode coming, that's where you're gonna hear about it first. And obviously, if like we said, if there's some some big news that comes out, that's when the episodes are gonna come out. Uh, but uh, that yeah. covers it for this week. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, uh, you know, if you guys have any questions or want us to talk about anything, you guys can send it to us on Twitter, so at the Habs Forum. Um, same thing, you can follow us on Facebook as well. Uh, we're, I'm a little bit less active on Facebook, mostly just uh, posting uh, posting our episodes. And, and also, uh, I don't know if you guys have seen on Twitter and Facebook, we posted uh, some links, to, well, not some links, but uh, pictures of potential merch. Oh, yeah, very we're exciting looking, stuff. Uh, yeah, so if you guys have any ideas for merch, anything you'd like to see, let us know. Um, you know, to like I said, messages on Twitter or on Facebook. I usually get back to you guys right away, so uh, so let us know. 
Yeah, luckily uh, Dustin doesn't really do much of actual work when he's at work, <laughs> so he uh, he can lots answer of free time. Time. lots of lots of free time to play Fall Guys and answer questions on Twitter. All right, so we'll talk to you guys uh, next time. Thanks for listening.